Hello there, and welcome to Casual Fridays by I Read Aloud, the podcast where weekly themes are discussed through personal experiences, anecdotes, and some storytelling. I am your host, Dada, and this podcast is part of my I Read Aloud channel on YouTube, where I read fairy tales, short stories, children's stories, poetry, letters, and other you know, writings. So if you like such content, make sure to subscribe. You'll find me on YouTube under uh, at I Read Aloud in the search box. And you can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, and X also under at I Read Aloud. I also want to know that this podcast airs every Friday on the following platforms, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Samsung Podcasts, Podcast Index, Listen Notes RSS and Spotify. Today's episode is on adoption, a topic very near and dear to my heart. You see, I am one of those who chose not to have biological children, and I have always felt the urge to adopt a few children to give them a better chance at life. So when I became financially capable of taking care of a child, I faced a major obstacle. I had to be married to adopt. And since I am someone who refuses to settle into a marriage just because it would be convenient or provide safety, I am obviously still single and unable to adopt a child. At the age of 45, therefore, I adopted a dog. (laughs) I know that's really funny, (laughs) adopting a dog instead of a child. But seriously, I had to find out if I still had the stamina to take care of another being. And I also wanted to have some form of companionship and love in my life. And if you're wondering if I had the stamina still, mm, not so much, but <laughs> I can manage. <laughs> Definitely not, not a toddler. <laughs> and it's interesting I'm telling you this because I searched or researched, you know, adoption in Lebanon online. And you know what I first got the first couple of hits? It was about adopting a dog. Because in Lebanon, our government does not actually have any laws, any civil laws regarding adoption. And this shows you how callous government officials are about taking care of the children in this country, that they don't even care about the orphaned children who deserve their attention. Yes, there are around 80 orphanages in Lebanon, and it's easier to just place the orphans there without any further effort to try and secure these orphans the love and care they deserve if placed with a loving family. But it is not only the government's fault. We, the people, also bear some responsibility because premarital sex is still frowned upon in our societies, and pregnancy outside the structure of marriage is still unaccepted in Arab societies. And so we punish the girls and women for their supposed promiscuity by taking their illegitimate children away from them. And we punish their newborns by condemning them to a life in orphanage, all to save face in society, as if the girls and women just get pregnant all by themselves. Another reason for the almost non-existent civil laws regarding adoption and in fact, any kind of civil laws that govern personal matters, is the fact that we have 18 religions and sects in this country, and each has its own sets of rules, you know, for um, that, that governs uh, personal uh, matters. And so there cannot be just one civil law to cover 
uh, all these laws and all these regulations. So the government has left, uh, you know, the the churches, the mosques, and other religious uh, entities to take care of, you know, civil rights, so to speak. And in fact, in Lebanon, only the Christian religion allows for adoption, and that must happen, of course, through Lebanese courts. And I have to mention something very important here, and it is that there is a system of guardianship instead of adoption in Arab countries. And this entails the child living with a family, getting, you know, all the perks of being uh, the child of that family, except for the name. So the child will never receive the name of the family. But if there is that solution, then why isn't guardianship the predominant, you know, uh, thing to do? The thing is that the Arab culture is built in such a way that married couples are bullied by their families to have their own offspring, that they would, you know, spend tens of thousands of dollars on IVF and other methods to conceive instead of adopt an already existing child. In the end, we have to maintain the family name, and in the end, the purity of the bloodline is what matters. Now, don't get me wrong, I am all for freedom of choice, and if a couple chooses IVF, you know, the way I choose to adopt, then who am I to judge anyone? But my gripe is with the fact that sometimes couples go through so many failed trials of IVF that their marriage is ruined, the woman's body is is in peril, uh, you know, their souls are crushed, and still they don't think of adoption as an option until maybe it's too late or maybe never. So, back to my story. I thought maybe I'd look into international adoption, and those are governed by the Hague Convention, but that also requires a married couple to apply for the adoption, or some some countries would allow under the convention that, you know, a woman is like an older, more mature woman, you know, if she is single, and I'm not there yet. And as I researched further, I found that the quickest international adoption could take up to two years, and that's the quickest one. And that used to be Thailand, now it seems to be Ukraine. Uh, I'm not so sure about exactly, you know, which is the quickest or fastest uh, country to adopt from, but that's, you know, kind of like what I what I grasped from the internet. Um, but in general, you know, uh, international adoption could take up to six or more years. And what is worse is that you have to be aware of child trafficking, especially if you're adopting from Asia and Africa. Apparently, there are you know false applications submitted for adoption in in those in like in those continents, and uh, of course, infants um, are stolen from their families uh, in Asia and Africa, and they end up in the hands of child traffickers. So you have to be careful to go through the channels of a legitimate adoption agency, uh, you know, if you want to adopt internationally, or you would be actually uh, propagating and aiding child trafficking. And you might think that, you know, if you adopt from child traffickers, that you are saving a few children from that world, but then you'd also be, you know, encouraging the traffickers to steal more children by doing business with them. So it's really a huge dilemma. And there does not seem to be a solution for for trafficking, especially in the in the near future, um, and that's quite unfortunate, really. Now, because I am a curious person, I also wanted to know about adoption in the USA and Canada, in Europe and Australia too. And it turns out that adopting children already in the foster care system set up by the government is the fastest way to adopt a child. It usually takes between six months and eighteen months. 
while adopting, for example, a newborn could take from two to seven years. I mean, seven years. If you decide to adopt a newborn at the age of 32, you won't become a parent until the age of 39. I mean, do you know how much of life happens in seven years? I am not sure if you would even still stand by your decision after all this time. So here is my question. Why the need to adopt newly born babies? For me, if it happened that I knew someone who got pregnant and, you know, I could kind of help them uh, by adopting the baby. And if I could adopt the baby fairly and I, it would happen fairly quickly, then, yes, I would do it. But otherwise, why would I have to put myself through the agony and the torture and the pain of waiting for years to adopt a newborn baby? It seems that about 54 percent of people adopt children between the ages of zero and five. Twenty five percent adopt those between the ages of 6 and 10, 17% adopt uh, kids between the ages of 11 and 15, and only 4% adopt children uh, or older youth between the ages of 16 and 20. And I think the majority adopt babies and toddlers because they feel they will have a deeper connection with them and they could maybe also opt out of announcing to the child that they were adopted. But I tell you from experience and the result of teaching, you know, grades 7, 8, 9, and 10 for a few years, and that's kids between the ages of uh, 11 and 16 or so, I can tell you that, you know, the kids up to the age of 11 or 12 are still extremely emotional, and they latch onto anyone who, you know, shows them any love, and they do that so easily. You know, there used to be the students when I was um, teaching grade 7, who used to come up to me every uh, day before class, and she she demanded a hug and uh, a peck on the cheek. And one day, half the class stood in indignation, and they were like crowd in front of me, and they were upset that why should she be the only one who gets, you know, the hug and the peck on the cheek, that they all wanted too. <laughs> so I asked them all to sit in their places, and I promised to go around and give each one of them a hug and a peck on the cheek. And I did that to 32 young girls who were between the ages of 11 and 12. And I will never forget that day. It was so lovely. And I'm telling you, kids that age really, I mean, they, they just, you know, they need they need to, to see a bit of love from you and they will love you unconditionally. It's totally amazing. Now, kids above the age of 13 become more critical of you and they become more skeptical and may give you a bit of a hard time at first. But, you know, these are the teenage years in the end, and this is normal behavior, even with biological parents. And, you know, in the end, and as I've said before in, in other episodes, all everyone wants uh, in this world is to be loved. Love in the end is all that matters. So be brave and think of adoption in general and adopting older youth in particular. And guardianship works too. Anything to take care of these beautiful children who are left, you know, uh, alone to fend for themselves in this world. I, for one, have not yet given up on my intention to adopt children. And I would adopt older children for sure. Some countries allow more mature women, meaning older women, to adopt even if they are single. So there is still that hope for me if I don't, you know, end up in a partnership. And uh, so we'll see what happens. And I will leave you now with the opening words of the preamble of the Hague Convention that reads, The child, for the full and harmonious development of his or her own personality, should grow up in a family environment in an atmosphere of happiness, love, and understanding. 
And so with that, I end this episode. Next week's topic shall be on birthday celebrations. I hope you'll tune in then. For now, I wish you a lovely weekend and I send you all my love. Till next Friday.